Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Beef Up From Podcast. This is your host, Ryan Coyle, back with another episode wrapping up our fantasy football preseason coverage. I gave you quarterbacks, running backs, and receivers that I would like to target and avoid. Today, we're hopping into the tight end conversation. I'll be giving you five tight ends that I'm looking to target and looking to avoid this upcoming fantasy season for my drafts. Um, but that'll do it for our preseason coverage. Every week, starting week one, going to be looking to do maybe a Tuesday or Wednesday night episode where I give you some stardom and sit them guys, guys that I'm looking to start that week in fantasy and guys that I'm looking to sit as well, as well as some more NFL content, uh, picking the, the best the best five games of the week and making my picks on those. So we have some more exciting stuff coming up. Make sure to stay tuned. Um, but for this episode, like I said, we'll be wrapping up that preseason coverage with draft targets and guys who I'm looking to avoid in my drafts. But before we get into today's episode, uh, we're going to be talking about our sponsor, the Sports Displays. Dot com um, beef up front as well as PicSwap media are happy to partner with them they're the creators of their unique product the jersey mount so um, that that product is really unique um, and it can be installed to any service and is significantly cheaper than the hundreds of dollars it usually costs to hang up those cool jerseys that you have so make sure to go check them out use that link in our bio PicSwap, to get 10 percent off and as well as free shipping but we'll get into today's episode like i said the tight ends um, we've been going over my picks from last year. So we'll finish that up as well today. I'm looking at the tight ends I had from last year, guys that I wanted to target. Kyle Pitts coming into the year was ranked sixth. He finished ninth. So that was, that was solid right there. Logan Thomas, seventh on ESPN coming into the year. He got hurt. Uh, he only played five games. He finished 45th. So that was kind of a tough loss there. Noah Fant, ninth ranked on ESPN. He finished at 13th. So that was solid, kind of a, a so-so pick. Irv Smith, a guy that I was really high on going into last year, 11th ranked on ESPN. He tore his meniscus in the preseason, missed the whole season. So two of my guys on this list got hurt. Not Nothing I can really do about that. Um, this guy was definitely a miss. Anthony Fersker, the tight end for the Titans, 23rd ranked on ESPN going into the year. He finished 34th. Guys that I was looking to avoid this one, I'm not very proud of either. Mark Andrews, he's fourth ranked on ESPN. He finished first. That was kind of a miss. I wasn't a big fan of. Um, his role in the offense going into the season last year, but then they had all those crazy injuries. They didn't run the ball kind of as much with those key guys that they had before, so Andrews kind of got a bump up in the passing game. Robert Tanyan, 10th ranked on ESPN. He finished 49th. He only played in eight games, but he wasn't having a very good season before he got hurt. Evan Ingram, 15th on ESPN. He finished 23rd, so that was a good hit. Austin Hooper, 16th on ESPN. He finished 26th. And Eric Ebron, 21st on ESPN. He finished 59th. Only played in eight games, but Kind of like with Tanya, he wasn't having a good year up to that point. So other than Andrews, I think most of those guys were good calls on the avoids. But now we'll get into this year for the 2022 season. Uh, started off with a guy that I wanted to target last year, and we're going to target him again this year. I think he's he's going to have a big jump in year two, and that's Kyle Pitts. Comes in as a third-ranked tight end on ESPN. He finished third among tight ends in receiving yards, 1,018 yards through uh, the 17 weeks last year that he played and he was at third in route participation. So third in like routes ran pretty much through 18 weeks. Um, we usually see players make their biggest leap in the NFL from year one to year two. And I don't think it'll be any different with Kyle Pitts. This team, I think is flat out going to suck. Be one of the worst teams in the league or hover around like three to five wins this year, constantly trailing. And that's going to allow for plenty of passing opportunities for that Falcons offense, whether it's Marcus Mariota or Desmond Ritter. Um, if it is Marcus Mariota, that is a very good plus for Kyle Pitts. He, he uh, Mariota had a really good 
repertoire and uh or excuse me rapport and chemistry with Delaney Walker he made him a really good fantasy tight end for a lot of years so I'm looking for Kyle Pitts to have a big year this year no Calvin Ridley Russell Gage law uh, left as well there's plenty of chances for targets in an offense that showed last year that it's going to really try and feature him he only scored one touchdown last year though so he definitely needs to improve in that regard but kind of shows that he's still I think he finished ninth last year and that was only with one touchdown if he's able to up those numbers, like five or six touchdowns, he should easily finish in the top five this year. Next guy on our list, Philadelphia Eagles tight end, Dallas Goddard, eighth on ESPN. Finally gets a full chance or a full-time chance to be that tight end one for Philadelphia this year with Zach Ertz now out of the fold. He was traded last year, I think, heading into week seven. And Goddard kind of took off from there with that tight end one role. Jalen Hurts struggles to be an accurate passer down the field. That's his major flaw. And that leads to a lot of short to intermediate passes. And th throughout training camp so far, that's kind of been the message um, across the Eagles, like beat writers and whatnot, that Hertz has still not really been throwing the ball downfield that well. And it's been a lot of stuff in the short to intermediate game. So that's appealing for, for Goddard from a fantasy perspective. I expect Hertz to take a leap as a passer this year, though, which should only help out Goddard in his first full year as a starter. Uh, from week seven on, like I said, after that Zachers trade, Goddard had 60 or more receiving yards in seven different games, including two 100-yard performances. I would like to see him utilize a little bit more in the red zone, didn't score much last year. He only had two receiving touchdowns from week seven on, and those were both in the same game against the Jets with uh, Gardner Minshew at quarterback. So just like Kyle Pitts, we'll talk about that for, for most of the guys on this list. Um, not very touchdown-dependent players, though, which I like. If they have – Good production, good catches, good yards, good targets. The touchdowns are most likely going to come. Um, they might not come in bunches, but over this course of the season, if you get like seven to eight touchdowns out of your tight ends, as long as long as they're still getting that normal receiving uh, catch production as well as receiving production, they're going to be in for a really good year. So you just got to hope that the touchdowns come along uh, with some of that other success that they're having. Third guy, we just mentioned him, Zach Ertz, ninth on ESPN with the Cardinals now. The former Eagles tight end, I think he's in for a potential top five year with the Cardinals at the tight end position. Uh, he broke out in the Arizona Cardinals offense last year after he got comfortable over the last four weeks of the season. That was with DeAndre Hopkins sideline with that knee injury. Ertz was tight end four over that stretch um, out of all the tight ends in fantasy. So a really good stretch there. Averaged seven catches per game and had a 24% target share within that Cardinals offense. So. With Hopkins suspended the first six games, Ertz is going to be in for a big role most likely uh, for this Arizona team. So another tight end like the other two where I would like to see the tight end, the touchdown production rise a little bit more as he only had five all year, three of which were in a Cardinal uniform. Um, but if you're able to space that out over the whole season, he's on pace for about seven or eight. So that's kind of the target number for the tight end position, I think, uh, to go along with their catches and their yards, um, which will make them a, a really productive fantasy player. Fourth guy on our list. Um, a player who, with Pitts, just like Pitts, I think he's going to be on one of the worst teams in the league this year, and that should set him up for some uh, some good fantasy production in terms of just getting, like, garbage points. Um, I, I like Justin Fields as a young quarterback. I think he's going to be, like, set up to fail, though, with what's uh, around him and the, and the offensive line in front of him. But still, he's going to have to throw the ball a lot because I think they're going to be trailing a bunch this year. I think Komet has the potential to be, like, that breakout player at the tight end spot kind of like what we saw like Darren Waller a few years ago, where it really just kind of came out of nowhere and had a really big role in the team's offense. And now he solidified himself as one of the top guys of that position. Um, he's kind of like in, like, like I was saying with Kyle Pitts in that regard, where he could be that complete vocal point 
of that passing game for just for a bad team, most likely that's going to be trailing. Should give him ample chances to be a really productive fantasy player at the tight end spot. The main options in this Bears passing game are Darnell Mooney, Equinemius St. Brown, and Byron Pringle. So uh, not exactly the best group. They just added Nikhil Harry, too, so we'll see with that. Um, but the Bears have the easiest schedule this year coming into the season for fantasy tight ends, which is a major plus. That's really attractive. Uh, Komet had zero touchdowns, though, last year. But Jimmy Graham was on the roster. He was still taking up snaps and red zone targets. He's gone now, though, so that should lead to some more opportunities, I think, for Cole Komet um, going into year three. We kind of see tight ends take a little bit more time than usual to develop into solid fantasy players. And the fifth guy on our list, the guy I was really high on coming into last year, um, and that's Irv Smith Jr., 17th on ESPN right now of the Minnesota Vikings. I'm all in on him. I think he has top 10 potential this year. He's having a really big training camp last year, and he was on my target list, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show. But he tore his meniscus in a preseason game, and that ended his season before he could really even get started. A very good athlete, though. Came out of Alabama a few years ago. He runs a 4.6340, so that's really good speed at the tight end spot. And I think he is in the perfect spot for a breakout season with Kevin O'Connell coming over from the Rams, and they're likely going to transition to a pass-first offense. They still have Dalvin Cook, one of the better running backs in the entire NFL, but Mike Zimmer and his old-school, rah-rah, defense-first kind of mentality isn't there anymore. I think this is going to be a more innovative offense and really going to feature Irv Smith. Um, he has Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson as well working on the outside. That's going to occupy a lot of coverage and free him up, give him a lot of red zone opportunities, I think so. Remember this guy's name, Irv Smith Jr., 17th on ESPN. I think you can get great value for him um, at that spot. I'm making the prediction of a top 10 tight end finish in this offense. That's all, you know, Tyler Higbee, Gerald Everett over the past few years have some have had some really good moments. So Irv Smith Jr., my breakout player of the year at the tight end spot. Now we'll go on to the list of guys we're looking to avoid. We'll start it off with Pat Fryermuth of the Pittsburgh Steelers, 10th on ESPN. Um, I kind of should have said this a little bit before I started the avoid guys, but it's really hard to pick tight ends to avoid because once you kind of get out of that George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller, Mark Andrews, even though Kyle Pitts in there, that kind of realm of guys, it becomes really like a shot in the dark. Um, you could either play it safe and go with a guy like um, the guy we're going to talk about next, Hunter Henry. He, I kind of see him and Fryermuth in the same regard where, They'll go out and get you four catches, like 50 yards and maybe a touchdown, get you a solid, you know, 10 to 12 points a week. Or you could take a swing for the fences for a guy, guys with more upside, I think, like Cole Komet or Irv Smith. So it kind of is based on your philosophy of kind of how you want to draft your team. Because after those top level tight ends, I think it's, there's a major fall off. You have some guys that could su surprise or you have some guys that could really just be your solid go to guys every week. I think. Some of these guys that I have on the avoid list are more in that regard because my my philosophy is more so I want a, a team that has a talented quarterback, a stable offense, and guys who are have the chance to have some upside. And I don't think Fryermuth really fits into that situation right now. Um, like I said, I kind of feel like he's in that Hunter Henry type mold where he's going to be a solid player, but he's not really going to take, take much uh, away from a, a opposing defense, and he's not really going to be – striking fear into to the opposing team's eyes on a week-in, week-out basis. So his situation, really unpredictable with who's going to be the quarterback. I think it's going to be Trubisky at least to start, but then Pickett come in. You don't really know what you're getting out of them with a, with a new team, with a new offense. What are the Steelers going to look like on the offensive side without Big Ben? So we've never really seen that before in the, within the past like 15 years. 
um, except when he's been hurt from time to time. So I'd rather take a chance on a guy like Cole Komet or Irv Smith with more upside um, and better quarterback play most likely. Next guy that we're going to transition to, just talked about him briefly, Hunter Henry, 13th on ESPN with the Patriots. I feel like every year we've kind of been waiting for him since that rookie year in 2016 for him to have that breakout kind of season, and he's never – uh, really, in reality, topped top that or or had that breakout year, and we just keep seem to keep waiting for it. He might just be is what he is, like a solid tight end. Has never topped 700 yards in his career. Career high for catches in one season is 60, and last year he had nine touchdowns, which was the most in his career uh, since his rookie year. Where he had eight. All the other seasons that he played a full amount of time, he had only four or five touchdowns. So, I feel like he is what he is. He's a solid guy. Um, I'd be comfortable with him as like my backup tight end where, all right, I do go out early in my draft and get a Travis Kelsey or a Darren Waller. And I have Hunter Henry where if one of those guys get hurt or they're on a bye, something like that, I could throw him in and feel confident that, all right, I know Hunter Henry will most likely get me, you know, 10 to 12 points in a standard PPR league every week. Um, but he doesn't provide much of an upside, especially with Mac Jones at the helm. He's not much of a, a talented passer, kind of more just a game manager. He's part of a run-first offense. Matt Patricia calling the plays now. Who knows what that offense is going to look like. Like I've been saying throughout all these shows, unpredictability is kind of something I'm trying to stay away from this year. But I'll be comfortable with him as my backup guy, but not a guy I'm necessarily looking to target in my draft and and hope that he could be a starter for me one day. Third guy on the list, a guy who I'm really high on as an overall, overall football player, but I just don't really like his situation, and that's Noah Fant of the Seattle Seahawks got traded in the Russell Wilson deal. He's 15th on ESPN, bad QB with Drew Locke or Geno Smith. Most likely I like him as a player. I don't think he has a very high ceiling this year. I expect him to finish right around that 13 to 15 range where kind of with Hunter Henry, where I was saying I'd be comfortable with him as my backup, maybe throw him in as a spot starter every once in a while, but not a guy that I'm looking to target in my draft too much unpredictability at the quarterback spot. I wouldn't feel comfortable using a draft pick on Noah Fant this year. Um, next guy, the new starting tight end in Denver, Albert O. We don't know how to say his last name. No point of trying to. Guy who came out of Missouri a few years ago, a really good athlete, like in the Irv Smith regard. I think he ran in like the four fives at the at the combine a few years ago. So they're a really good athlete, but he has a lot of other outside weapons around him that I think will really limit his target share in this Denver offense. Um, we now know that Nathaniel Hackett, the new coach there in Denver, comes from Green Bay, where they never really used the tight end that much under Aaron Rodgers. He was in Jacksonville before that. They didn't really use the tight end that much either there. Russell Wilson historically has never really used the tight end much in his career. Jimmy Graham for a little bit, but he was a Hall of Fame player coming to Seattle, and Russell Wilson and him never really, I think, got it going together. Uh, Will Disley was a pretty solid player. Gerald Everett a little bit last year, but... If you look at the history between Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson, the tight end is not really a featured part of their offense or Russell Wilson's like playing style. So I, I'm i not targeting Albert O this year. Um, he's a guy who I think is going to be part of a high-scoring offense, but with guys like Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, uh, Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler, Melvin Gordon, and Javante Williams can catch the football as well. I don't really think there's going to be that many balls to go around. Um, and I think Albert O could get the, the short end of the stick there. So I'm avoiding him in my drafts as well. And the last guy on this list, he was on my list last year. I think he's coming back from an injury right now, so I'm not even sure if he'll be ready to go week one. But he's currently the 21st ranked tight end on ESPN, and that's Robert Tanyan. He's on my list to avoid guys just like last year. Um, 
he could have an increased role in this offense potentially with Devontae Adams going, but Rodgers has never really been a big fan of throwing to the tight end either, kind of like I, I just mentioned um, with Russell Wilson. So his Robert Tunyon's like really only good year in the league was 2020, and that was thanks to 11 touchdowns, which he hasn't topped more than two in any other season out of his four um, healthy years in the league so far. So in that 2020 year, he also only had 52 catches, and that was only on 59 targets. So, I mean, that was a pretty efficient rate, but still not a guy who's bringing in like 70, 70 catches, not getting like 100 targets. Um, he showed that he really isn't a target favorite in that offense over his time in Green Bay so far. So last season, he was limited to only eight games because of injury, but he only caught 18 passes on 29 targets, and that was putting him on a season pace. I did the math earlier for only 38 catches if he were to play all 17 games. So. I don't see that replication of that 2020 season for his touchdowns um, kind of amounting back to that ever again. So that's why I'm not drafting him in fantasy and why I'm not a believer in him this year. So to wrap up our tight ends, um, to target, to go through them again, Kyle Pitts, Dallas Goddard, Zach Ertz, Cole Komet, and my guy, Irv Smith Jr. I think he's going to have a huge season for Minnesota Vikings. And then guys to avoid, Pat Fryermuth, Hunter Henry, Noah Fan, Albert O, and Robert Tunyon. But that'll do it for our preseason coverage of fantasy football. Um, guys that I'm looking to target and avoid, make sure if you haven't already, go back, check out those quarterback, running back, receiver episodes as well as share out this tight end one. Look forward to seeing some of every, everyone's teams and, and finally getting into draft season. I've been doing a few mock drafts recently, so starting to get to be that time of year where we start to draft these fantasy teams. We'll have a preseason game on Thursday night, the Hall of Fame game between the Jaguars and the Raiders, I believe it is. So we'll get to see some football, probably not much uh, good stuff out there, but still good to see the helmets on the pads popping again, exciting time of year. Um, and also, like I said earlier, we'll be doing a weekly stardom sit -em show where I'll be giving a few guys at each fantasy position that I'm looking to start in a given fantasy week and as well as sit. So look forward to getting into that and, and football is almost here, guys. Buckle up. We got, we got a lot of good content coming. Thank you everyone for the support. Please like subscribe share on social media, do all that good stuff for us and let us continue to grow. Thank you everyone again for the support and we will all talk soon.